1: Hello, everybody. Welcome back to part two of Private Parts with Mark Wright. Now, marriage is like a is a is a funny thing, and people ask like questions all the. People are so obsessed with it. I don't know why. Yeah, but you got obviously you spend time apart, long distance and stuff like that. Because me and my fiance we're spending a lot of time together. You don't find that
2: hard ever. You find that kind of chill. Of course, you miss your partner, don't you? And you, but I think what people get caught up with these days. I was thinking about this the other day, actually is, let me work out, I'm going to say this. I feel like, and not just on this subject, but I feel like people, this is the whole problem with this world at the moment and this woke world and why you're not allowed to have an opinion and why I respect Piers Morgan for saying, listen, you should be able to have an opinion. Everybody is different, Mm -hmm. right? Agreed. And that's what makes us amazing and special because we're all so different. But people are in their lane and there's obvious similarities in people, like you marry someone young, you have kids young, and you stay with them every day, and you come home at night, and the wife cooks the dinner, and the dad goes out to work. And there's so many people that still live like that, believe it or not, in this day and age. Taking away the the, the woman looking after the kids and cooking the dinner and whatever else, you still got the people that can't understand that a relationship, both male and female, or both male and male, or both female and female, are allowed to separately. Conquer their dreams as well as having an amazing relationship. Mm-hmm. And if conquering your dream, I look at a heart like a pie chart, and part of it is your, your ambition and part of it is your friends and part of it's your family and part of it's your partner and whatever else, you need to try and keep fulfilling all of that so your heart's full with everything. And if you start taking bits away because the rules are you shouldn't be working separately, and you shouldn't be having you know, a long-distance relationship, you're going to start to lose it elsewhere And it's going to affect other things. And listen, like anything, if anything starts to become too much or you prefer to not work away from each other as much as you are, then you just slow it down and you get back to, you know, you come back together and don't work as much. But you just got to keep that balance. And as long as we know we've got that balance, it's perfect. Yeah, dude, what I read, you have a great sense of balance. Mm.
1: But that's rare, I think. Well, not rare, but maybe it is rare. It, it, it's very, I find it very, I think, look, if you look at successful people, it's pretty hard to, they find balance very hard. But with you, you seemed, you have a great social life, you have a great relationship, your family's tight, you, you're you successful. That's a hard thing to balance. It re- That is. Yeah, su-
2: yeah, I've never really thought of it like that.
1: I suppose it is. Something has to sacrifice someone, maybe it doesn't with you.
2: Yeah, I don't think it does. I think that's the point. I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think if you just... Every day is a different day. And, you know, what I want to do today is what I want to do. And if I want to go play football with the boys tonight, that's what I'm going to do. And if I want to take my wife for dinner tonight, that's what I'm going to do. And each day, you should just do it. Don't don't stick to rules. Life's too short, you know. Mm. If you've got a job that you want to, you know, you feel like it's a dream of yours, go and get it. And if you've got a night out that you really don't want to miss out on, go and do it because tomorrow's not promised. And as long as you just, what the thing is with me, and it's very, you try and relate our jobs when talking on podcasts like this to everybody else that's listening as well. Mm. But in mine and your uh, circumstance, in our industry, I feel that stay for me, staying normal and staying to your roots and staying what made you happy in the first place is imperative. The minute you get carried away and you marry the industry, I always say that saying, you marry the industry and that becomes your number one love, you're fucked because it's going to turn its back on you one day. So why I look at it, it's a job. And I enjoy it, and it's I'm passionate about it. But when I close the door at at night, all I give a shit about is my family, my loved ones, and my friends. And because if it all does go wrong, I've got them, and that's all that matters. But it's also very hard to feel like I do. That's great. That's yeah. I, I. you're, by the
1: way, you're so you are right. The, 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 the industry that um, you know, lots of, It's funny. I always say this: like you would never, <laughs> you would never go to a dentist who was like I don't know, whatever age, an older dentist, and say, aren't you a bit old to be doing this? Mm. You know, but in sport, it happens. Yeah. In this industry, aren't you a bit old to be? Yeah. Still doing this, and that's what it's hard. It's so true. For for uh, Jack Whitehall's dad. Right. He said to me, when, he said, "You've got the bug." This was a few years ago. I went, "What do you mean, got the bug?" He said, "You've got the bug." When he goes, you 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 love the fame. And I went, do I? And he says, yeah, I can it in you. It's bad. You, you've got to get rid of that. And I realized that actually for, for many years, the reason why I was doing all of this and stuff that was, I was like, oh my God, I just, I want to be known. That's mm. going to be great. And that's almost what you're saying is if you, if you marry to this thing of what, mm. what, what is it you're, well, what you're, is you're actually, going for?
2: You've actually just capitalized on what I've said. And that's given me another train of thought. And it's actually that it's a tough one because the more known you are, and the more famous you are, whatever you want to say, that's sort of one of the ways you measure our success in our industry. Totally, yeah. So if you're ambitious and driven, that you and I both are, we come from those kind of families in that world, you, in different ways, by the way, but you are, you know, you're going to want to feel that known feeling because it's how you measure your success, but don't get obsessed with the being known bit and get obsessed with the success bit. That, so, like, if you, so, you're, you're totally I, I, I totally get what you mean. I, 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 if I'm known, yeah, I'm successful. But if people don't like me, I don't give a shit. You know, if I, if, if you're married to the thing is, a dentist, as you said, shuts his door at night in the office, mm. puts away the electric dentist chair, and he goes home and he doesn't think about work. Nothing. There's no need to think about it until he sees another pair of Nash's, right? Mm. Another set of Nash's. Whereas us, if the industry's against us and we've got. People talking, back, you go to bed at eleven o'clock at night, laying like that, thinking about it because you can't shut off from it. It's your, it's you. People are thinking about you, but I don't care enough. You know, I don't. It, that doesn't bother me enough. What people think, so I don't go to bed and think. And if you do, that's when you're going to be screwed.
1: So then, what does bother you? What, 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 success? Really, losing everything I've got. So do you have anxiety about that with mm. the future? Really? Mm. Yeah, I'm not really I get spoken,
2: that. I've not really spoken about it much, but when I was. When I was a kid, I'll tell it shortly. When I was a kid, my dad, um, we had a fairly wealthy lifestyle. And uh, when I was about five or six, my dad lost everything to the point that we were, me and my brother were living with my mum and her mum and dad. And my sister and my dad were living with his mum and dad. They were still married, but we had no home. So we were living with our nan and granddads and separately. And we had no, nothing really. And my dad had to try and do everything and anything but... Beg, borrow, and steal to kind of put food on the table. And weirdly, my brother and my sister didn't really feel the emotion and the stress that was going I felt everything. And I look really? back and I think, seven and eight years of age, how did you know everything that was oh, going you on? You could feel it. Yeah. And I'm just so scared, I think. I've seen something about it before, but I have this – this is probably the only anxiety I suffer with. I have this natural instinct – that the same thing's going to happen to me and I'm going to lose it all. And I actually used to bank it down to an age. I used to say to my dad, "Dad, what age was it when you started to lose it and what age was it when it was gone? And He told me the age and I've actually gone past it now. And I couldn't wait to rush those years just so I could say, right, it's not going to happen. Because I had this, yeah, this constant belief that thing. I'm going to literally repeat his life. Everything's going to happen exactly the same and it's wow. still in my head now I think about it every day and that's why people say why do you work so much why do you never but say no why. it's because I just need to keep banking it in because I'm so scared about it all ending dude that age it's
1: like yeah six, seven, eight is a is a I'm having a weird deja vu for some reason I'm sure we've done this before but six, seven, eight. Yeah. It's. I had to say my parents divorced at that age divorce is, is, is shit for kids um, and my parents divorced at that age and so that I, then I had for ages a fear of abandonment.
2: Really? Yeah, yeah
1: dude. I was always like, well, people are going to leave at some point. Mm. They're going to leave. That's what I'm, and even though, like, no one's, I, you know, I had a great childhood and all those kind of things, that one thing really, because I, I could feel, maybe because maybe we're emotionally intelligent that way, could, I could
2: feel it. I could feel the tension, all that kind of stuff. And you're also not mature enough to be able to talk yourself out of it. And no you no just one. let it hit you. Yeah. You let
1: it hit you. And also, you're too embarrassed to confront it with. I was too yeah. embarrassed to talk about it, right? And, you know, and then being sent to boarding school at eight years old. Wow. That's freaking crazy. You know what yeah. I mean? And so I then had this fear of abandonment for so long, which I had to work on as well. And, and again, that leads into fear of the future. It's like, oh shit, you know, is my marriage going to be okay? Am I going to be okay? Are people going to leave? All that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, it's, and you have to then work on it. Yeah, It's hard, right? That, that kind of do stuff. Do you
2: believe, do you have a subconscious thought that one day you might get divorced because of that? No, I well, I,
1: I just didn't believe in monogamy for so long. And maybe that's why my relationships failed and stuff like that. It was just like, well, it's just, why would it work? And I've worked on that, right? And like meeting Sophie, like realizing that there's no one better. Like there's no one greater in my life, all those kind of things. And now I, I, I and I never want it to break. I never want to break. And I will fight forever to make yeah. that last, right? But what it does lend itself to is, is when people, uh, you know, do die and that happens. And I can deal with grief. Pretty well, you know, well, I, yeah, I've had grandparents and, 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 you know, luckily no, no mums, dad's brothers, things
2: like that, uh, die. But I know you've had people close to you who have passed away. Like most people have. Growing up until this, my losing my nan and my uncle in the last, say seven, eight years, I'd never experienced death. All my nans and granddads are alive. Um, it, my uncles and aunties, mum and dad, um, everyone's alive and I've never experienced it. Mm. So I used to have nightmares about death. Like, how the fuck do you get over that? Like yeah. I know friends that have lost their mums and dads and whatever. How do you even start to think you're going to get over? This? There's no way I'm going to get over it. But as you said, as you know, you do, and you sort of prepare yourself. For, you, you now, I'm now more, I'm now less alien to it. I'm now. Sort How of did you deal prepared. with
1: it though? When you know your uncle. And <clears throat> Nana Pat, right? It, yeah, you know, mm. who
2: was on the only ways i like. I love that. That's the made in Chelsea form of Nan. We say Nanny. No, you say Nana. Because <laughs> you're posh. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, it was that, you know, they buzzed, that must be pretty tricky, right? How yeah, do you deal with the grief?
2: Extremely tough. I just don't, I don't know. I mean, I remember Nanny Pat dying and I was, Michelle had to go and film that, the, that like the day after the night before. Um, and I just remember staying in bed all day, and I've never done that before. And I didn't mean or plan to do it. I just didn't want to get up, and it was just a very upsetting day. And my uncle dying was just absolute. I, there's actually something to say about that. My uncle. How did he die again? So he had he had cancer, but he it was a bay. It was at a, it was a bay, and he was on tablets and stuff, and he could have lived with it because it wasn't spreading or anything. But then COVID got him, and he died of it. So yeah. So this is one of the reasons we've done this show, me, my dad, and my brother, because yeah. my dad had COVID as well, and he was bad, he was in hospital. At the really? same. Yeah, so basically you had my dad, my uncle that died, their other brother in hospital, their mum and dad, all five were in hospital with COVID, all of them on ventilators, and- My uncle, I said to my mum that like one of the nights, I was like, mum, you do realise that we're probably going to lose one of them. Out of five, the chances of all of them surviving if they've all gone to that state already, we've not got much hope. And my uncle died and it was just fucking absolutely horrendous. But I remember remember the day when it happened, we knew it was going to happen. Was he really unwell? With COVID, yeah. I mean, he's been in a coma and then like things right. were happening during it. And like, yeah, he, they said he was never going to eat again because something could mess up his throat from the tubes. He's never going to be able to eat properly without a bag, all this stuff and without a tube. I mean, but I remember the day. I always remember this moment. And I don't know if this is the, the right way to feel or if it's not, but I'm just someone that's open and I just say yeah. how it is. I love my uncle to absolute bits. And we knew that he was going to die this day. So my mum and my sister went round his wife, which is my auntie Deborah and her daughter Leah's house. Elliot was with him at the hospital. No, they went round to Leah because Deborah was also with him. So they go round to my cousin's house and my dad was left on his own. Now I go round my dad's, because someone had to be with him, he's his brother. My dad is the, in terms of showing, the coldest, least emotional person you've ever met in your life. Like Mm. you've never cried. Nothing. Never told me he loves me, but I know it. And he's also the best dad and the most loving dad, but without having to say it. He, yeah, if yeah. I went to him, Dad, I love you. You know that, don't you? He goes, Shut up! What are you talking about? They like, get all embarrassed. <laughs> so I was like, How the fuck is he going to take this? And I was laying on a sofa like that, and my dad was over the other side of the room on a stool, and we were waiting to hear that something's going to happen. And then my dad just said from across the room, "He's gone." And I, te- I was texting Michelle actually at the time, and I was like, Michelle, like he's gone. I, she was like, "Where's your dad?" And I said, "He's over the other side of the room." And She was like, "Go and hug him now." And I said, "I can't." I, I can't. I've never done that with him. I could, we are best mates by the way, Jay, like done everything together, work together, everything. I was like, I can't, like you don't get it. She was like, Mark, get off your sofa and go and cuddle him now. And I was like, babe, I can't, you don't understand. I can't. And I just, I looked across in the corner of my eye. I didn't want him to see plus I was crying. Mm. And um, he sort of just had his head down and he wasn't crying at this point. So I stood up and I did this weird, awkward lap of the room to get to him because I just, I didn't Didn't know know what to do. do. No, because I've never had that relationship with him where we hug and stuff. And I walked over and I just had to go one, two, three and just grab him. And as I grabbed him, he put his head into my neck and he just absolutely balled it. And I held the back of his head and I went, just let it out. It's fine. You can let it out. This is what you've got to do. And he was like, I am, I am, I am. And he was letting it out. And I always say that that was the most beautiful but most hurtful moment of my life, both at the same time. Wow. One I was finally there for my dad yeah. and roles reversed, which has never happened. Two, he showed me emotion and love and he needed me. And he showed me for the first time in his life that he needed me. He's never shown me that before. Yeah, told yeah, yeah. That. yeah, yeah. Told he's proud of me, anything like that, although I know it. And he hugged me and said, like, just don't, he was like, don't leave, just stay there, stay there. So like, it was like, oh my God, my dad needs me. So it was a beautiful moment. But then at the same time, the worst moment ever. Fuck, man. Yeah, it was deep. That is deep. Yeah, it was deep.
1: It's weird in these like real, um, real dark moments. Like light shines. It almost, mm. it almost does this. Like it's almost like it, it, it sort of gives you something to cling on to yeah. because you're in such a dark place. Otherwise, you're just feeling darkness. Mm. You need that sort of light. But then you, you, it's you, your dad, and your bro have done this road trip for this TV show. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, can I say this is the greatest? <laughs> yeah. Fuck! If I could get, I always, I used to, when I was great, I used to watch Top Gear and be like, that gig. Oh, what a gig! Like, <laughs> that yeah. gig.
2: Yeah. This gig that you've got, it's unbelievable. It is pretty cool. Is BBC pretty cool. One, right? Yeah. So basically, its it all comes from, you know, my dad having a terrible time in COVID. He sort of changed a little bit after his brother died and he was really ill just because he...
0: More emotional? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: No, less active, less wanting to do things, right, okay. like sort of accepting that, because there's four brothers and he's the second in line, so it's like, I'm next, that kind of feeling. That's the way I would describe it. He didn't really want to go out, just wanted to sit in. He's never been like that. He, coached, he went Vegas on my stag and was partying until four in the morning with us, do you know what I mean? And then he just went completely the other way so it was about getting him out and showing him that life's not over my brother's coming to the end of his football career and mentally he's really really struggling with Fuck it man that's tough yeah it's so you're he, having a really tough time really tough time yeah like he suffer, suffered from depression for the first time oh, last man. year and anxiety and nearly had a breakdown and, but he's getting better now so that he's he, quickly why does sport do that like it's, cause it's all he's ever known since so the age, age of 10 wake up play football get paid go home and that's all he's ever known he's like he's, he's 32 he, isn't he
1: yeah 32, you, you haven't even lived, you're, you're just mm. beginning life. It, 33 years. 33, but you feel like suddenly that you're, you've you had a whole life. Yeah. That's what happens with
2: sport. It's crazy. Yeah. He sums it up like, I'm going back to school. Oh, no, sorry. It's going back to the last day of school. Like when I retire, what am I going to do? Like, what's the job? So his reason to do it is, um, his reason why we're doing it is to show him that there's so much out there and there's so many things he can do, like skiing and skydive and all these things that he's never been allowed to do because of injury and then my thing was because i've i've been a bit distant for the last four or five years and my brother and my dad pulled me up on it about a year ago and just said like you're not really present when you're around us your head's always thinking of something new in terms it of just business. work, work, work. So yeah so it was just a moment for us three to get away and was it wicked fun. oh it was incredible we did some amazing things really mm.
1: and you can and that and doing that filming it with your family oh also, you know what you started doing uh, through lockdown, which I loved, is um, you know live right. You got involved, dude. It was great, but like that, you know, your fitness. You know, you love your fitness. For you, the same as me, I started. I, I used to. I played a lot of sport, all that kind of stuff, and then suddenly um, stopped doing it for many years. Then picked it up again. The endorphins, the, the way that it makes you feel. Oh, man, there's nothing like it. Oh, I, I, I now have to do it every day. But, but this whole but don't you br- hate before you do it. Oh, you mate, look ripped yeah. at the moment, by
2: the way. I saw a picture. You there
1: I the feel, day. I feel, yeah, but I, I, my diet shit. I have a shit diet. <sighs> Don't which, look like it. May do. I do. I have a shit diet. Like, like some days are good, some days are bad. It's
2: another a, dream. If you can work really hard and eat more relaxed, that's the dream. Yeah, but I can't. Like, like I'm greedy. You, yeah, I, have, I am. I'm greedy, man. I am. I need a lot of food to fill myself
1: up, dude. And in the evening, my most exciting thing is I get to pile my plate, like, oh, and yeah. I just
2: have that in the evening. Oh. And then I wake up the next day, I'm like, you know, what? I that- love sweets as well. Oh, man. they candy kittens. Gen- genuinely, my cupboard's full of it. Dude, I love them. I'm going to send you. No, don't. I'm going to
1: send you a van. Honestly, I am. But wait, that brand that you're building is is good. But I mean, you, you probably realise the, the, the pressure of building a business and stuff like that. Plus with your, you know, building a house. I saw you went out to Spain the other day yeah. to-, to go and do all that. That's a lot you're trying to juggle yeah. all at the same time.
2: It's getting to the point, James, where it's the last six months it's happened it's almost like I need someone to come in for each little bit because I've got so many different you could give me this business advice because you're a businessman but I feel like I've taken on so much in the last year or two invested into it all but I'm letting them all just sort of sit there and ponder along rather than all going how they should be. Like the Mallorca flat went wrong because I didn't have the time to be there. But now it's cost me double the price because so I've had to redo it all. And then like loads of little things in my, you know, in my business world, I've, I'm have i letting other – I just need to sort it's of hard, get a structure. I know.
1: Yeah, it was hard. But I, I think but – you're, but you're a true entrepreneur. The, the thing we're very good at doing is probably – Ideas, starting it. Yeah, exactly. Like, gonna fucking, who's going to fucking help me do this yeah, now? Exactly. But 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 that's fine. I think slowly by slowly you find the places and 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 that that's what I've done with my business and things like that. But it's dude it, it's tough and it's hard and also I'm the same as you. I have this fear always that things are going to go and so it's like constant grinding mm. for it. I mean, you know, I, I kept you for a while, dude. I want to. What do you think? What do you think you really value in life?
2: Family. Yeah love i know that sounds cliche but i do i value that so it just sounds so wanky and cliche but it's just true it's just family and that's what makes me feel so rich like i i look at other people and i think you ain't got friends like me I ain't mine you ain't got a family as big as mine like, that's what i'm big headed about yeah i love like, there's that there's no way has anyone got a family as close as me but they have because everyone thinks it about their family yeah, yeah, they should yeah. do but i just feel like you know just so lucky that i've just surrounded by love and and you've got these friends from the roots, yeah, and in this case, it's a cruel it's, world a, yeah. it's
1: ever dude, it's everything. I like the one thing I regret i went to from school to boarding school to different boarding school to university, maining chat, whatever I, I you know i, I haven't I've kept a, a good group of friends, but they're mixture of yeah. different things. there is something amazing about keeping that group of friends. From when you're young. Yeah, and by the way, a you lot have, like family, it's insane. A lot, it's insane. It's a lot insane. of
2: mine aren't from young, young though, because I, you, I tell you what I think does happen. As you get, as you get. I think there's different stages in your life and you have your school friends. Yeah. And when you leave school, you have your friends that take you up to that point of like working, like college and uni life. Yeah. And then you start working and you have your work friends. And suddenly you get to like 30. It's like, right, who's around me now? And it's the people that yes. sort of had your visions and your live your kind of life that you've managed to stay with you know it's hard though as well and sometimes i, I there was one point where i felt a bit lonely at one point i was like fuck everyone's <laughs> like where the fuck
1: is everyone and suddenly yeah and then you have to sort of recoup and it's okay because people are having babies they're doing this they're having jobs all that kind yeah. of stuff and slowly by slowly you figure out who you are as an individual and who your friends are and stuff like yeah, that yeah, yeah definitely one yeah. of our producers is to send a question um how much did you get paid on tally at the beginning I can tell you what we got from Manchester chance. We got fifty
2: quid a day. We got fifty quid a day. That's Sarah Dillistone for you. She knows what's yeah. <laughs> up.
1: And I had a rumor that on the only way is Essex, if your scene wasn't aired, you then weren't paid. Oh, really? I don't know something like that.
2: Oh, I don't. I don't know. I was something like that. I, I can't. Your even
1: scenes were always aired.
2: That's why. <laughs> I mean, starting with that, Jay. We genuinely were getting money from elsewhere, weren't we? Like oh, personal appearances, all that. Right. So the Dude. fifty quid was just. Uh, you interviewed a lot of different people. Uh, who is the
1: nicest celeb you interviewed? And you've got to give us the biggest Steve. That's pretty hard to
2: do. Uh, the nicest, everyone's so nice, but the people. two people I probably got on with most, who probably because they took a liking to me, was, as you mentioned earlier, Mark Wahlberg and Jamie Foxx, I would right. say. Jamie Foxx, I loved him. Like He's just incredible. He's we, cool. We always so, used to uh, chat and catch up. He's brilliant. I can't tell you who's the bad person. <laughs> it might know, bite me back, you know someone. It it's, an Eng- it's an English Hollywood actor. I can't tell you how bad she was to me. Really? She must have like known me and not liked me or really something. Really? Just, there, had it just that. Came out of nowhere. I'll tell you what happened, but I can't tell you. Tell how that us what happened have, and then we can so, just guess. All right. So I'm sent on to do like a junket, and I wasn't meant to be doing it. My co-host was, but uh, she was ill this day. I hadn't seen the show, so I wasn't a fan. I hadn't had time to catch up on it. So I'm going in cold, which is the worst thing. I like to be really prepared. You what? Yeah, you're going to yeah. be ready. So I had just cue cards. And what I planned to do, because I was doing the show a favour, because our co-host fell ill all that morning, I was like, I'm just going to have to literally stick to the questions. Yeah. Don't go off on a tandem, because I don't know anything about this show. I've never seen it. And the first question on the sheet was, so Series 1 was violent. It was aggressive. It was a bloodbath. How does Series 2 compare? Right. So I go in, five different stars I'm interviewing. First four I interview all give me a valid answer. Like, oh, you don't understand. Like, that was nothing. One of them actually said, I remember his line. That was a tea party compared to season two. Go into her, right? I ask the same question. She goes, pause. Let me just uh, repeat what you just said. Okay, so violent. Hmm. Not sure. Bloodbath. Yeah. Aggressive. Do you know how I look at someone like you? That's what she said. I went, huh? What? I was like, what's she doing? She's like, I look at someone like you, how I look at a guy that would masturbate over a romantic sex scene in a movie when actually, when actually that's art. Oh and I went, I went, what? Sorry, I'm completely lost. And bear in mind, I've not seen it. So I'm thinking, my producers are fucking stitched me up. There's no, there, there can't be a blood bar for it. But then I'm going, but the others have all answered it normally. So there must be, what do I do in this situation? And then I stuck with my guns. I was like, it, it must be a valid question because A, I saw the highlights. Yeah, like yeah, a, yeah a, a trailer. Yeah, yeah. And B, I, everyone else answered it normally. I, went, I, I, don't, I don't understand. She went, are you confused? I was like, yeah. She was like, well, what I'm trying to say is you choose to see this how you want to see it. And you've seen it completely wrong. You've not looked at the artistry and you've just seen it in a kind of just a mal-chauvinist, ignorant way, really. And I was oh. like, well, hang on a minute, because then I remembered one of the- Did got, you defend yourself? Yeah, massively. I'll well tell you done. Now. So then I went, I remembered what one of the other guys says. I was like, well, didn't someone get their head blown off in the first episode? And she was like, who is that then? I was like, well, it's irrelevant who it is. I said, I'm just telling you, like, someone got their head blown off. So it is a bit aggressive. It is violent and it is a bloodbath because someone got their head blown off. She went, yeah. And she goes, look, I, I, I just, have you got anything more for me? And I looked down at my paper- and I, I remember I paused for about 10 seconds and I was like, Fuck. do I say what I want to say? You have way bigger balls. Or do I just be polite and get up and walk off? I went, no, I can't. I can't fucking hold my tongue. So I just looked down. And She's a big, big, big star, right? She's so God. I looked down and I just went, that's it. That's all I've got. And she went, oh, That's good. And she picks up a wall and I went, she said, I should, that was a waste of time, wasn't it? I went, no, for you it was, not for me. She's like, how'd you work that? And no one was getting involved. It was just me and her doing this little standoff. And I went, well, I've just interviewed four of your co-stars and they're all going to make our show tonight. It's only a two-minute piece that we do and you're just not going to make it. So I've not wasted my time being here. You have, because the way you've just been. She's like, I think it's better time. It's about time you leave. And I got up and I stood up and I said, I think it's about time you be polite. I'll see you soon. And I just walked out. Oh, mate, I was fucking fuming. <laughs> I was fuming. That is the greatest. <laughs> that is the greatest thing yeah, it was ruthless, mate. But you've got to remember all her team are there. My team weren't allowed in, so I'm just like looking. Mate, that and... is well done. Well, mate. That
1: right. is so good. I had an interview once and, and and they were just a dickhead to me. And uh and I I, I bottled it. It was one of the first things I've ever done of this years ago. And and dude, I, I completely bottled it. I was What I, do you do? Just, just, like just, just and... calling me this and that and, and calling me a cunt and all this kind of stuff. And I just went and I went, oh, sorry. And I went, and I wish, I, I wish I had said something like, "You don't have to be here." I didn't. I, I was too pleasing. Oh, I was I wish like, she went mad at him. Mate, I didn't. I didn't. And then he sent an email afterwards saying, "Sorry for being a cunt." That's what he wrote in the thing.
2: That's even a of email, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Uh, Mark, I really appreciate it, mate. No, thank, thank you so much. much. I Loved it, dude. Everybody, listen. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. <laughs> thank you so much for listening, guys. We really appreciate it. As I said, we love having everyone who listens to this episode. And the more people that you tell about this podcast, the better guests and bigger guests that we can get. We've got so many great ideas for the future. Um, So go and check out our social media channels at Private Podcast. We'll leave the links below. We're on YouTube. And of course, remember to subscribe. We'll see you later. Goodbye.